0: It's Saturday Night in Comedy, and as we wrap up yet another month of jokes and scandals, it's time again for the Roundup. This week on the panel, we unpack all of the mayhem, literally, that happened on and off stage in the land of punchlines and politics this past month with some old friends of the show and new. We're going to get right into it. I'm Dean Young. This is the Roundup, and we're about to go Inside the Joke.
1: Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
0: Welcome back to an all new Inside Jokes, baby, right here as always on, uh, you know, 640 Toronto. You know that because it's Saturday night and you're listening on that station literally right now. And of course, as always, streaming all across the entire known Marvel Cinematic Universe on Global News Online. This week's episode is brought to you by absolutely no one who cares at this point. But hey, maybe that could be our sponsor. Hey, eh? we got our producer Vince Tedesco on the line. Maybe that's—I've been kind of saying the Marvel Universe. Maybe we can get them as a sponsor.
1: Oh, of course, yeah, Disney, yeah, Disney why not?
0: needs the exposure. Why Disney, not?
1: You want you want to sponsor a comedy radio show? I or? know you own half
0: of the entertainment industry, but if you really want to grow those numbers, soon a conservative AM Canadian talk radio comedy shows uh, no, for
1: you. Week, baby as the Gen
0: Zers say Vince because you know Vince and I are yeah listen we're we're no we're no spring chickens but we're tossing around a little bit of the old uh Gen Z banter there before we hit the air and it's pretty oh. lit uh no cap. I'm yep. not trying to be I'm That's not trying to be good. sus fam.
1: Uh, you That's know what
0: You know what, Vince? It is, of course, the end of another uh, month of comedy already. I don't know where the hell May went. So that means it is, of course, time again for the roundup. So we got a panel of comics from coast to coast. Some people who have joined us on the show over the years, uh, some new faces, just weighing in on some of the weird stuff that happened this past month in comedy, on and off stage, politics, punchlines, the entertainment business, which is kind of in a bit of turmoil right now. We talked about that last week. We'll get into it with this panel. Uh, Listen... Uh, on god i think it's being pretty lit fam i'm not even being <laughs> sus no cap no cap it's gonna be a lit panel on god
1: the month of may was cray cray how
0: about that it one, was pretty. yeah that was right some Woo! pretty sus, some pretty sus things happened this past month fam uh wow. so we're gonna get into it we got a full <laughs> panel lots to talk about um things you might care about things you might not but we're gonna get into it all this is the roundup right here on inside jokes Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and as always, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, North America-wide, the entire known goddamn universe-wide, on global news online. This week's episode is brought to you by absolutely not a soul. We are are hitting season eight on Inside Jokes, and we are newly single. We are sponsor-free and looking to mingle, and guess what? This is pseudo-conservative AM Canadian talk comedy radio so believe you me after seasons seven and a half seasons of this show there's quite literally no sponsor too small hit us up we were we are open to offers all right it is the end of another month in comedy and showbiz and that means it of course is time for the roundup we always get a full panel of comics on to sort of break down and unpack all the bizarre things that happened on and off stage this past month we have a full panel of some new and old friends of the show joining us two of them are actually on the air with us right now the rest will join at a later point we'll figure it out. Our old friend Garrett Jameson is with us. How you doing, man?
2: Pretty good. I'm uh, having a great time here. I'm glad to be one of the two or half of the the panel right now. <laughs> panel. We have we have half a panel right now. The other two might
0: uh, be picketing for the Writers Guild of America. I have no idea. Might so I say might I say you? the better half? Right? I think we you, know, dare you. save the best for first. I Oh no, no,
2: no, I mean we are the better half.
0: You are the better half. Oh, save yes, the yes, best yes, for yeah, yeah.
2: They we know. have Gary
0: on the line with us first time on Inside Jokes, and I'm sure finding this whole smooth operation impressive as can be. How are you doing, Seema? I
3: love it. I feel right. like so happy to be here. I'm obsessed with your thirsty message off the top about how you need a sponsor. It's yeah, wow.
0: it's great. We uh, we broke up with our good friends, Hakeem Optical, you know,
2: seven years
1: oh, on, the, on the clock. Well, Believe it's because it's
2: radio. It's because it's it, radio, and they can't see, you know, what uh, they have in you guys. Right. They need better have, glasses.
3: Have you ever had Patrick Hakim on the show? Because that's... We have. Yeah, yeah.
2: We got him to plug air Hakeem off the
1: That's the yeah. reason why we were suspended for one week, because Patrick I think Hakeem
0: at this point, let's Hakeem. just get Patrick Hakim to sponsor the show. That'd be... That's fine. <laughs> uh, we I kind of mentioned this, because, hey, like I said, maybe the other half of our panel is part of this strike, but okay, we'll get... I feel like this is going to go into the next after the break here but sort of the big elephant in the room in the showbiz world right now and and impacting the comedy world is of course this mass writer's strike going on now we were talking to some friends here in toronto and in la last week on the panel where of course you know that is the epicenter of all this and all of those comics who went down there to get obviously writing work and you know work in writers rooms and work on the late shows and all that That stuff is all on pause right now. That's all on hiatus. And now there's talk of this having a ripple effect where next it's going to be the Directors Guild and it's going to be IOTC and all this stuff and sort of the big trio of unions. Uh, What do we think here in Canada, by the way? Because we kind of touched on this last week, but obviously for yourselves as both working stand-ups and yeah, you have to spin other plates. You go and do auditions and you act and you write and all this stuff. Are we feeling sort of a ripple effect of that up here in quote-unquote Hollywood North yet? Because we Mm -hmm. kind of just got back to normal.
3: Uh, yeah, no, it's terrible. I have had zero auditions. I was actually in LA until um, this month, till like the beginning of May. And uh, I came back because I was like, well, there's no auditions. And then um, all the out of work comedy writers are going to be back doing stand up. And so it's going to be less stage time. It's better to just like go home because we get more stage time here. And hopefully, like some productions will still be happening and they are, but it has dried up so much. No one I know is auditioning or working. There's like maybe a handful of my friends who are actors who are on productions, but so many of the productions that come up here are American. And so many of the writers in Canada and showrunners are part of the WGA. So
0: It is true. And it kind of, I mean, again, it's coming. uh, This comes at the worst possible time. Because we did see a similar strike to this happen in 2007, 2008. I remember the effects of that.
2: Oh, yeah. It brought in reality TV. It It did bring uh, in, you know. And that's what I think is going to happen here. Something horrible is going to come our way. And uh, the thing is, I think AI is going to kill online content, honestly. Like, I think a lot of the comedians are going to be suffering from no work at all. But the thing that AI can't kill is the live show.
3: Live show.
0: That's yeah. true, which is interesting because we kind of scratched the surface of that a little bit last week on the panel. And this is sort of the first time we've we've really talked about that on the show. So that's, it, that's definitely something I want to come back with after the break. Because, again, this is all happening at a crazy time because we just got back to normal. We just came out of this pandemic. The festivals just came back full force. The clubs just reopened. Tours started happening again. It's sort of been this great springtime this past year where it's like, okay, we're back at it and now it's like nope but now this thing and everything's drying up again. Uh good. We always like to go to commercial break on the bleakest note possible on Perfect. this. Show. We will be back with more of our May roundup or at least 50% of it. We'll be back with more recapping the month right here on Inside Jokes.
3: I'm and you are listening to Inside Jokes.
1: I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies. And I'm not proud of my address. In a torn up town,
3: no postcode envy. But every song's like gold teeth, gray goose, tripping in the back.
0: Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on 640 Toronto. Uh, This week's episode brought to you again by um, not a soul. Absolutely no one. Okay, this is we are approaching season 8. Newly single and looking to mingle here on Inside Jokes. It, of course, is the end of yet another month of comedy and showbiz, and that, of course, means it's time for the roundup, where we bring in some of our friends from the comedy world to just unpack, as the kids say... All of the mayhem, literally, that happened this past month on and off stage. Uh, Unpacked, by the way, that's another one. Vince, we were tossing around some Gen Z slang earlier in the show. And yep. uh, on God, some of it was pretty lit. Yep. So, I'm, uh, I'm not. not. I'm learning. I'm learning. Should I ever so- say those words? Most likely not, because half of our panel is shaking their heads no right now. CMS Saperi is sitting there going, absolutely not <laughs> bearded old white guy. I- and of course, we have Garrett James. <laughs> panel so of course before the break we were talking about again what is sort of this big elephant in the room in the in the showbiz landscape right now and certainly here in the comedy world is this writer strike that's going on but it's an interesting thing that you both brought up before the break is that a conversation that's sort of happening in tandem with this right now is the possibility of ai because ai is already at this point being used to create content and generate scripts and i mean how but how much of a cookie cutter sort of auto-form thing is that? Do we really see that as a threat? I mean, obviously, when we finally come out of this strike, God knows how long that's going to last for. Is
2: is AI really going to be this sweeping change to the whole landscape for us, though? I honestly think it's going to be. like I think online content is going to be dead. Already, TV is dead. People come to the social media world to see uh, anything new. They see... And if the AI... I don't know how funny it can be, honestly but it can come up with, I think, serious drama and people, they get sucked into that. Like most people don't even tune into uh, a television show where movies are too long in their minds. Like, so they're just like looking for quick content to fill. And I think AI content is going to be a hundred percent the way of the future and our lives are going to be changed completely. Uh, And all the people who are online creators, I think will be looking for live stage work, which is going to be great because they're going to have to hit the open mics. Uh so that's which thing. is gonna as be
1: as yeah. as two of you both being stand-up comics, stand-up is pretty much coming from experience. What experience does AI have? Like nothing a feeling well, emotion related and turning that into something funny. I mean, and the, well, the other thing is uh, this deep fake. You've ever seen that that guy with the Tom Cruise face? Oh like oh yeah. what it's the psychotic. hell is that? Yeah, that's all over <laughs> I think that um in
3: terms of like being like an actor or comedian or someone who like, once you have so much heat on you and you're kind of like breaking, uh, breaking out, I think that's when it becomes really tricky because what they can do now studios or these streamers or these corporate entities, they can license your likeness and then create some movie and sell it to Japan or China or whatever. And then, you don't even have to do anything. So they use your image, they use your voice, and they create a movie based on your likeness. And that's where the sag stuff is coming in. That's where they're sort of uh, you know, fighting for um equal pay, like good money. Cause like you don't know, it's like, it's like if you're a model and like let's say when you're starting out in your career, I knew this woman who did some stock photography. You know, she thought it was just like a random gig. Right. He paid her out once. buyout right like a couple hundred bucks he owns these images now and her image was on literally every single product yeah in the world and she never got a single dime from it
1: Like, like
3: all kinds of things so this is where things get really tricky where we don't really know where it's gonna go but They're going to want to use your image. If you are a famous person, that's how it works, right? You become famous or you build your own audience and then everybody wants a piece of you. They want to profit off of you.
0: And I think here in Canada, I mean, I think this is also bringing up a lot of sort of recent memories for Canadian comics too. Because here, this this is an industry here in Canada where, as you were saying earlier, Seema, I mean, obviously... 90% Ninety percent of the productions that happen here is American productions coming up, and they are all SAG, and there are Writers Guild, and there are Directors Guild, and they come here, and then that's where Canadian actors and extras and writers get this work from a lot of the time. But this is already a country where, listen, you know, we're, our comedy world is just sort of bouncing back from the past couple of years. And the clubs are back and the festivals are back and the tours are back. But this is an industry in Canada where we're all sort of fighting over the same small amount of things to begin with. There's only X amount of stages and there's, you know, the sort of handful of major festivals. It's sort of like these are a lot of performers who are just basically trying to scrape by for the bare minimum to begin with. And so that's what they're Yeah, fighting.
3: we call it a cement ceiling
2: here.
0: It really is. Oh, it yeah,
2: for sure is.
0: We remember not that many years ago here in Canada... Howie Mandel and company, when they scooped up Sirius XM, and all of a sudden there was that whole talk about, well, now we're just going to get rid of these residuals. And a lot of comics are like, that's how I pay my rent. That's how I move (laughs) out of
3: That's (laughs) how I make
2: money. Yeah. I mean,
3: mean, the, yeah, you got to get a visa or green card and get out of here if you want to actually have a career in stand up. Like you can have a career as an actor here, but even that is so, it's really gatekeepy. Casting is not adventurous. They only, pick the handful of people that they know and like and work and it's like
2: and if it is american talent like they'll have their main actors come up from the states
3: they'll bring all their leads and then you're lucky if you get like a principal role on something so the industry here isn't good to begin with like it's you know it's already hard to begin with so and then you you know introduce like ai and all of these other things it's like but the thing
2: with social media that i do enjoy is the power that the uh, the creator can have over top of uh, uh, production companies because production companies don't have any power I think now like it's taken away uh, the power from them and put it back into the hands of the performing artist but AI is now going to take that away from the performing artist. Okay. Uh, yeah which and, and like funny. sorry and like Wasima was saying like your your image can be used over in Japan but how do you know as a creator that your image is actually being used. And that's where now we need the unions to come in to be able to decipher where your content is. That's why I also don't understand, like, when people are just filming on the street, how come SAG or ACTRA or AFTRA isn't stepping up and being like, "Uh, you actually filmed our client. Uh, You now owe them 700 and whatever dollars for their working fee.
3: I think it's like a different thing for online content versus, like, uh, production
2: like but why? A- but why is that? Like, is because
3: it- they haven't figured it out?
2: Yeah.
0: So there's still those loopholes, I guess, right? Out, yeah. Which is also a scary thing. But I mean, the whole yeah, the whole AI conversation is interesting because it's such a double edged sword. Because where social media and all these platforms are, it's such a divisive thing. Because you know, we're we're coming back from this time where a lot of the comics we're now seeing headlining festivals and you know getting picked up by networks and putting out specials and albums and all this stuff. A lot of these comics that were people that, again, as Garrett was saying, used social media and used TikTok. A lot of us at the beginning of the pandemic were going, what's this TikTok thing? That's never going to grow up in comedy. Well, you're seeing a lot of these people who that's what they did the last couple of years is they just built their own audience that way. So we're seeing a lot of newer headliners and we're seeing a lot of people on TV and on radio and on stage that didn't go up those traditional ways in Canadian comedy where you had to get signed by one of these three bookers or by this club. They just sort of built their own audience. So AI now does maybe pose a threat to that, but it's also a symptom of the fact that we kind of, content-wise, we have a short attention span now. And that was already a thing that was happening, but certainly the pandemic didn't help because now you've had three years where everybody was just sitting there on their phone, scroll, 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 has to make me laugh in under a minute, and that's it.
2: Yeah, they made, like, the pandemic for sure made uh, a bunch of, uh, I guess, addicts out of their phones, like you even now talking with people like out of all of us, how many are thinking of checking their social media right now? Like everyone's a helicopter parent with their phone. Like you'll be in conversations and people are looking around, touching their pockets Then no one's engaged anymore. Everyone is like, and every listener probably right now is like, I mentioned social media and they're like, Oh yeah, I got to check that. Make sure I got it. Yeah.
3: And the amount of people coming out with being like, I've been diagnosed with ADHD is
2: staggering. staggering. Yeah. yeah. That's a
0: whole other panel too. Is what they <laughs> like mental health wise. What this whole thing did to people. I mean,
3: oh my god! Certainly oh my in the comedy god. world, but we already
0: had that going on. Uh, you know what? Ironically, the only people who aren't obsessively checking their phones right now is the other half. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only ones who aren't. How about that? But we have. With we, listen, we've got all the industry heavyweights we, <laughs> we need right here. But yeah, it is an interesting thing because it's such a sort of double edged sword right now. It's like yeah, we need this writing work and we need that acting work, but again even if this whole strike blows over shorter than we think. And once that all comes back, then it's like, yeah, now we have this AI thing and now that's going to change everything. So it's like Canadian comedy really, as we've learned over the years, is really about nothing more than just dodging bullets at all times. That's really what it is.
3: I I like, uh, I call it like an abusive relationship.
2: Yeah. Nice.
3: <laughs> it's just like I love it so much, but it treats me horribly. <laughs> yeah, know? it, it, it like, knows
2: how to love bomb you and not give you anything in return. Exactly, it does, yeah. it's yeah.
3: gaslighting you the whole way through.
2: Yeah, <laughs> God, 80s, I love it so much. I know. I know. never, never gets. It's gonna change.
1: It's gonna change.
3: Yeah, I'm it sure I can change time. it. That's yeah. been our whole,
0: that's been our whole message on almost eight seasons of this show now. Is things are gonna get better, aren't they? But no. Yeah no
3: no not because not anyone me. who gets any sort of success leaves so yeah. no one comes back here to try to like implement change in our own industry everyone's just I by don't... the time you get some heat on you and actually can make money people are so they've been through so much that they're like it, i don't i don't want to like i don't want to come back here and just it's true basically
0: basically for nothing that's canadian comedy in a nutshell is uh, you know Dad went to the corner store and never came back. That's <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: right,
0: oh, Go God. As bleak as possible. We're going to come back with uh, a commercial break from who the hell knows what's going to air during that. But we're going to come back with more more roundup right here on Inside Jokes.
2: Hi, I'm Garrett Jameson. You're listening to Inside Jokes. Please get outside and see some live stand-up comedy.
0: Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on 640 Toronto. You, of course, know that because you're listening right now. It's a Saturday night, so I guess uh, your car must have broke down on the way home from the cottage. I don't know what's going on with you, but it is, of course, the end of yet another month in comedy. That means it is time again for the roundup. We are recapping all of the Mayhem literally that happened this past month on and off stage. Again, there's always chaos and turmoil in the land of comedy and showbiz. Uh, we already beat that writer's strike horse to death. We'll see what happens there. AI is gonna take over for all of us. I don't know. Comedy always has different threats in Canada. Now it's Skynet, apparently. But springboarding from that, here's an interesting thing because I kind of feel like we're nearing the end of the age of network television in a lot of ways. Is late-night TV a dying breed? Because, of course, that was always closely married to the comedy world. I mean, late-night hosts came from the stand-up world most of the time and came from comedy performing, came from acting. And, of course, for comics, that was always a career-maker. You get a spot on a late-night show and you're seeing, seen by that audience and it, that's that was always kind of a career-maker and you take off and then you get a job in a writer's room. It's interesting because Jimmy Kimmel was sort of blowing up online this past week. He basically had a fake firing in his cold open and his monologue and the whole internet thought it was real. And they're like, Jimmy Kimmel got fired on his late show. It's interesting because is late night TV still normally such a water cooler topic? Do we think we're seeing the end of network TV? Because again, as we were saying before the break, everything is streaming now and everything's digital content. Are late shows sort of a dying breed. And are they still as important to the comedy world as they used to be? Do we think?
3: I don't. So I think it's dying because you have three white guys named Jimmy like
0: that is true there yeah and,
3: and like gen z doesn't give a shit about that like, you yeah. know what i mean it's like sure elder millennials gen x boomers yeah we all grew up with late night tv being so iconic but it's like it I mean,
1: doesn't represent diversity. The but they gave yeah. a late night tv show and nobody gave a about her well that's because
3: she didn't come up in comedy in like a traditional way. She never hit the stages. She never did yeah. like that. She, she was, was a YouTube comic. And yeah. gave her a late night show, which is so stupid. And as a brown person, I'm like, that's such a waste because there's so many amazing female stand-ups. There's
2: funnier are, people who incredible. can handle live shows better. Than yeah.
3: Who would have maybe done a better job with that. You know what I mean? But.
2: And that's an example went- of, uh, I think, late night television seeing people with a following and thinking they can do it but they can't it's, do it it's, no, a, it's, it's an it's corporate experience greed,
3: thing. it's stupid and they don't understand this is why like these corporate executives they don't understand art they just understand numbers but yeah. the numbers don't translate all the time and that's what they don't understand yeah
2: they're playing moneyball but they need to be playing regular uh you know the, the the seniors,
1: <laughs> the it
0: is because I mean, and it, seema it is true because I mean, if you look at what's happened in Canadian comedy the last couple of years, is sort of a mi- microcosm of that because for so many years, all the comics that our generation grew up watching on Canadian TV and at the Just for Laughs galas and all that stuff, you know, we all know them, we have all worked with them, but it always was the same. It was always like five white guys, sport coat, Reeboks, and that's was Canadian comedy was that for decades. Now, if you look at you know the sketch shows that have been picked up finally. Finally, some of the stuff that CBC Gem is putting out, comics that we're seeing on the stages at festivals and headlining these new independent clubs, we're seeing comics that are more representative of what the landscape looks like in Canada and who we should be watching out for talent-wise. And it is that whole thing. If you build it, they will come. Because now we're getting new audiences flocking out to and filling these seats because they're going, finally,
1: finally. Back to, back to the original question. The smartphone eliminated TV. Everybody gets their entertainment via their smartphone. And now based on that, your success on that platform, on that media, is now based on likes, followers, or anything that you've done as a creator, content creator, or a stand-up comic, or whatever you choose to uh, um, display on that platform, is has it gone viral?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's, that's kind of where. We're I mean, at here's now. here's the
3: thing: as a performer, um, you know, th- that is kind of like the transition. Like everyone says now, like. Well, you don't have to go and tour like small town Ontario and Alberta and B.C. You just if you have a place where you can get stage time, you can get great. You post your clips, you become viral. You can sell out shows in the U.S. and Canada, wherever your audience is. However, you can't bypass the grind of actually doing comedy. So you yeah. get of newer comics who are posting their clips. They're going viral. Sure, they sell out a show, but then they bomb because they don't have half an hour. And then they never sell out a show in that city again. So it's a very tricky thing. I do like encourage people to like, obviously, sure, grind it out and like hustle and post your shit and whatever, but you can't bypass the grind. That's just.
2: No, you cannot. You can't take take
3: stairs
0: five at a time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is true. And I mean,
0: in here in Canada, yeah, sure. We have all these new platforms now. And I mean. Toronto is one of those cities where a lot of newer comics get stuck in that pitfall. You both know, like, there's a lot of comics that, okay, I run this show at Comedy Bar every week, and I this I kill in front of this audience, and this is a loyal audience. But Canadian comedy, digital content or not, is still very much built around, you have to be a road dog sometimes, and you have to get out oh, of yeah. your...
1: yeah. And well, when, when, when AI, AI takes over... It, but when
2: when
1: AI takes over the year. When AI
2: takes over... Well, Not when AI does take over, and they need to uh, get like the live show, where are they going to go? They're going to have to go back to small town Canada and uh, make their money there. Like it's going to be another road life. Like I think we're going to have a, a different type of comedy boom coming up, and it's going to be all live. So it's like also it'll be a lot of comics that are just riffing. So it's like more just the riffing aspect because if you're constantly coming out and doing live shows. You Can't you've already burnt through your material, so you have to be good in the moment and in the uh, in the uh, yeah, just being being there present.
1: So you're saying crowd work improv is all gonna take another boom, you're thinking?
2: I think so. I think hundred percent it's gonna be that. Like, it already the live sort show-
3: of is because I feel like that's how people go viral. Like they like they are but then you know, a lot of show producers or people like in LA, I didn't see a lot of crowd work. Um, and I was told that like actually people don't like comics don't really like it, or people don't really like it, because when you do crowd work in LA, everyone's in show business, so you're like talking to people who are all in the industry, so you're not getting a lot of like regular Di- folks diversity. Right? So you're gonna have to go yeah. to small
2: town, yeah, and you exactly. find these people who do these exactly. interesting, weird jobs, and exactly. then you're like, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a uh, oil. I don't know some with some with oil oil rig.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: I'm, I'm an oil, oil rig. <laughs> I
0: drink your milkshake. Uh, It is true, because I mean, yeah, it's sort of weird, isn't it? Because we're, again, we're inundated with all these online platforms and everything is digital content. But there is going to be sort of this, things are going to sort of pivot back around where it is going to be very much about live performing again, which is interesting. And we're going to, I think, see a lot of audiences as a result of these past couple years coming out to live shows that had never done that before because maybe it never occurred to them, and then they, they never saw stand-up, but now they've been sitting there streaming specials for two years and listening to podcasts and downloading albums. Now it's like, now I want to go see live comedy. So we are seeing kind of a boom in that way, I think. And for both of you, I mean, certainly during the pandemic, I'm sure you were both, you know, you had other projects, people were just doing whatever they had to do. You do online stuff, you write, whatever. Nothing replaces just that being on stage in that moment. That's what it's all about. Everything else kind of feels like a bit of a placebo, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, yes. dealing
1: with Even when couples. I watched walk- yeah,
3: even when I watch comedy specials, like I'm like, "Ugh, this is not the same as being there. It's not the same. It's just not the mm-hmm.
2: same." No, and sometimes like you always get to see comics succeed on uh, when watching it online because they're only posting their best content. But to watch a good comic bomb, I think sometimes if they know how to deal with a bomb is sometimes so much funnier and entertaining okay. than actually succeeding. And if the co- the crowd is in on the joke, they're almost like. This is so much funnier because when they leave, they'll talk about how bad it was in a way, like it's in their mind.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you both run into those audience plenty of times over the years where they come to a show and they go, "Okay," because I was in a bar one time where I accidentally walked into an open mic, and it was a horrible experience. But then that's their perception of what live comedy is. It's like, no, no, that's not. Don't worry.
1: Oh my you know,
3: god, say, I find like Toronto audiences can be so uptight too. Sometimes it's like there's like. I don't know. Like I did a, I did a show in the East end and literally everyone was married and like, like
0: <laughs> strollers at the they front. Were
3: so boring and wound up. And I was like, Oh my God, loosen up. Like you're at a comedy show. Like, so you do. Yeah. You have to deal with it. You have to figure out how to deal with it. And sometimes you just bomb and you're like questioning your entire life. Like, why did I get into this?
2: Well, like I sometimes feel like a teacher when I'm up on stage. Cause I'm like, you guys paid to be here to have yeah. a good time. Yes. But you're sitting there with your arms crossed, not exactly. having a good time. It's the oh, weirdest You don't like
3: to laugh. Cool. Glad you came out. <laughs> so it's it's like
2: they're spite. they're
0: spite attending. It really makes no sense. All right. Speaking of being an audience purely out of spite, we're going to come back with more of the roundup uh, with at least 50% of our panel. We're going to be back with more inside jokes right here on 640 Toronto.
1: Hey, what's up, Canada? It's Chris Siddiqui. I'm not doing anything with my life, but I'm doing this. You're listening to Inside Joe. Someone told me long ago, a calm before the storm. I know
0: it's been coming for some time. Welcome back to 640 toronto in sex I, did I heard that Completely that. opposite it is that is the station we're on though you are listening to inside jokes um uh which again this week's episode is brought to you by absolutely not a soul it's the end of the month in comedy and that means it's time again for the roundup we are unpacking as they say all of the more bizarre stories that happened on and off stage this past month in the land of showbiz and punchlines and politics uh We've covered the writer's strike. We've covered the death of late night television and just the bleakness of our industry as a whole at at any given time. Uh, Here's a weird one that's in the news in showbiz. Jamie Foxx has been kind of MIA of late these past few months. And there's all these rumors, uh, again, on the internets about that he has this illness and nobody's disclosing anything. And there's, of course, rumors that he has died. But then his daughter came out saying, no, he's good. We have a new show coming out soon. Just stay tuned. What do we think of that? Are we worried about Jamie Fox? Do is I this mean, I'm, I'm definitely
3: I've I've heard the conspiracies about how like Diddy is involved. Have you guys heard that? No, what's <laughs> that element? So basically basically there's all these like rumors that Di- Diddy is a groomer and he's like this um he's like this like groomer who brings up young guys. He's first of all he's closeted and he's this like crazy groomer who has these wild sex parties and brings all these guys out Whatever, like Usher. And apparently they're saying al- allegedly that Jamie Foxx talked about some of his sex parties on on late night or something. And then Diddy put a hit out on it.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, that's so. 90s style right there. That's some
3: what happened. Yeah. And then there's all these rumors that Diddy actually is the one who killed Biggie. Diddy killed Tupac oh, and all these
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, the Puff Daddy or Diddy, uh, he hugged me once. Yeah, yeah. like he saw me at a party, and then he beelined it to me, and then he hugged me. I think he thought I was someone else, maybe from his sex parties. Who knows? <laughs> he saw but the Skittles he, commercials, Garrett. He, he for sure saw me, hugged me. Like, his, his security was like, who the hell is this guy pointing at me, right? But Did he whisper something in your ear? No, he had the softest hands, though. Very soft. Did he really? Hands, well, hands. Yeah, he nice. well, yeah.
0: Uh, you know what? Maybe he should now change his name to P. Did he? Oh, did he? Oh, right? Did he? Puns on this did he? This whole thing goes so very deep, doesn't it? So he might have killed uh, Jamie Foxx. There's a lot of weird
2: celebrities. So yeah, I think, I think Jamie Foxx is fully alive. And I think the internet world loves coming up with their own conspiracy theories. And every actor doesn't have to be obtainable 24-7.
0: Exactly. Right. That is that is the that is the culture that we live in, where we feel like you're supposed to have this access to people at all given times. Um, here's another interesting one this past week. I mean, I, the royals. I'm so sick of hearing about the royals. And here in Canada, it's such a divisive issue because it's like, who cares? Why are they still on our money? It makes no sense. Who cares about King Charles? Da, 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 da. Megan and Harry, though, apparently almost died this past week in a paparazzi car crash, which, of course, would have been quite... horribly ironic obviously i mean that the that that itself is strange i'm kind of sick of these two to be honest because again i personally i'm like why why our whole obsession with the royals in this country i don't get it it's just such a like old part of our heritage that we need to move on from i feel like um but also megan and harry their whole like we're we're leaving because we want to be out of the spotlight and just live a quiet life but then now they keep on cranking out netflix specials and sitting down with oprah and diane sawyer and whoever will have so it's like I mean are these two just fame seeking and also why are we even talking about them right now? I don't why do they keep coming I
3: mean, up? I think that you know they're excommunicated from the royal family and they need to make their money and they're doing it, you know, on the one hand. And then on the other hand, it's like like Megan had to deal with so much racism and so much. Bullshit. Like I I think that like them being like, well, this is our story. We have to tell our story because they're so like the Royals are these like, I don't know. Uh, it was, they're so they're also, highly regarded still, even though they've done such terrible things. Like, But it's
2: because like they, they have to create a story themselves because otherwise we wouldn't talk about them. So I think a lot of yeah. this stuff is also PR. Like they have tons sure. of money to create. Like it's all written. This stuff is all scripted. And people love a good drama. Like even talk about Jamie Foxx. Now we're talking about the Royals. Like it's like, what are they up to? And well, we're not ever the, gonna get rid of them because yeah. the, the the royal family owns 90% of Canada still. Like everything's still crown land. There's no way we're gonna get rid of no, them we're gonna from have to turn of our
0: money for sure. It's Canada. <laughs> Listen, I started this on the show a month ago. What we should have on our money is what I've been trying to get happening on this show, which is Mount Gordmore. That's who we should have. We, this is a four-gourd country, you guys. Four gourds and seven beers ago, okay? We need Gord, Gordon Pinson, Gordon Lightfoot, Gord Downey, Gordie Howe. Let's put that on a mountain in, like, Canmore or something. Put that on our money. Get rid of Charles. I mean,
3: maybe we put some indigenous people up there.
0: We should, probably should be doing that, wow. quite frankly.
3: Maybe we don't need, like, get money, get guy money. guys named Gord. You know what I mean? <laughs>
2: well, we, yeah, put, we also need... Like, Paul on the, on the mountain. Let's get him he'll be great.
0: Let's get a banknote with Louis Real on there. Let's get some some black Canadians on there. Let's yeah, get rid of the royals. Even I was sitting, I was stuck in an airport when that whole coronation was on TV. And I was like, this whole, like, it's so silly. It's such pompous. It's a clown
3: show. It's it really
0: is. Like, how can you
3: performative? It's such a waste of money. But but I also think that like people in England or the UK, they like they still idolize the royal family. To a point where, you know, they they had seen nothing wrong with all the stolen treasures that they have, the colonization that they've done, all the terrible things, the history of it all. Um, they see nothing wrong with it. And then once this, like, literal, like, white passing black woman comes into the family, it's all hell breaks loose. Like, yeah. it's just so insane to me that in this day and age, we're still fighting, battling racism, even though this is their history. You know what I mean?
0: It is. It's he- such a, like, and it's so hard. Like, it just, it looks like such ridiculousness and such pomp and circumstance. It's like, how's anyone still swallowing that pill? I even hate myself for the fact that I watched the show The Crown. Because I'm like, I, yes, I was bored. It was the pandy. We call it the pandy on this show because let's make that sound more fun. But I watched it and I was like, this is a well made show about people that I absolutely could not give a shit less about. So I'm like, why am I doing this? So I feel bad there. But yeah, it is it is we do really have such a hang up on them in this in this country. And it's again, it's just such a dead part of our past,
2: or it should be. But But it's so yeah, funny, yeah. as much as it's a dead past, everyone loves us. to chime in. They no, they love to chime in about the royal family, just break like right yeah. now
3: people yeah. will No, have we're talking about it
2: right him. now. It's like Yeah, like why people do we care. need to? People care. Yeah. yeah. It's it it's mean. like it's like the uh, teacher used to say when I would act up in class, just ignore him. And I'm like, but the yeah. kids would never ignore me. So I would continue and it fans being Fans the flames. It fans the flames. Right? Oh my goodness. You know what? There's look at
0: we ended up with what a great panel this ended up being. There was so much stuff I wanted to get into. We didn't even touch half of the crazy I mean, Russell Peters might maybe is buying the ottawa senators that's the thing but i who cares i don't know does drake own the raptors i don't know what goes on in the in the sports uh ryan reynolds owns some stuff but the senators isn't going to be one of those things but then he owns a football club
2: and snoop Dogg (laughs) is part of that ownership and snoop
0: Dogg (laughs) is part of that in there i mean for some reason that's a weird thing in canada right now too we're like we this would be awesome if famous people owned this sports team Who cares? That happens in the States all the time. Bill Maher, like, owns the Mets. Like, nobody even, who cares? Anyways, that's a whole other panel. Uh, There was so much we could have got into here today, but listen, we covered some good ground, and if nothing, at the end of the day, hopefully there's some young comics listening to this show on a Saturday night going, I'm going to go to medical school now. (laughs)
1: Yes, yes. If
0: there's any message here. Uh, Before we let you both go, for our panel, where can our listeners at home follow you on the internets, catch you live, all that good stuff? Garrett Jameson, where can we find you on the internets?
2: Uh, you can find me at GJ Party Hugs if you'd like. Uh, it uh, used to be drugs, but switch it to hugs. Uh, more family-friendly. Uh, also, I have a web series out that's out right now called Heavy Metal Hitchhiker. Check that out. And uh, if you're in Toronto, I have a, an amazing show at an oddities museum, uh, June 1st. Uh, yeah, it's welcome. called the Skull Store Prehistoria Museum. So, yes, check that out.
0: I love that. I always, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a new format, for sure. Seema Saperi, where can we find you on the internets, catch you live, listen to you all? Um, I've been-
3: okay, great. I, uh, uh, I'm i on Instagram and it's at S-I-M-A-S-E-P-E-H-R-I underscore. And I run a weekly show called Tiny Grievance Comedy and that's at Winona Craft Lodge on Bloor Street. Yeah, and I have shows all the time. So if you follow me, you can find out what my dates are.
0: There we go. That is the roundup. Thank you so much, Seema and Garrett. And of course, listen, it'll get better. It's we, That's yeah. been our message for eight seasons almost of this we show.
3: Have to, we have to believe it, otherwise. We have
0: to believe it. That's Canadian comedy. We just roll with those punches and punchlines. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen every Saturday night here on 640, and you can stream all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. That's our show. We'll be back next week.
3: Today's Comedy Rx is
1: Seema Safiri.
3: Uh, The Persian language is very poetic. I don't know if you guys know anyone who's Farsi speaking, but it's so poetic. For instance, we don't say, I love you. We say, I die for you. Right? So when I date white guys, they're like, you're so intense. (laughs) 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 I'm like, you haven't even seen me do the knife dance. (laughs) Ask me about that later.